Hi, this is John Sablon, one half of To Have and To Hold Podcast, and Nicole and I are so very blessed that you decided to join us on this journey to improve your marriage, your family life, and your relationships. Now, as a disclaimer, Nicole and I are not perfect. We're not your counselors, and we don't desire to be your spiritual directors. What we do desire, though, is to lend this podcast as an opportunity for us to journey together in holiness and virtue, and to share our experiences of, of marriage and family life and what we've learned, what we've encountered, so that it may bless you and your family and your relationships. Now, if you disagree, or if your experience is different, or perhaps if we say something in mistake or in error, you are free to absolutely reject it, my dear brother and sister in Christ. So we just wanted to leave that with you, and we thank you again for your support, and most especially your prayers. So please share, like, subscribe, leave us a comment, and let us know how God is blessing you through this podcast. May God bless you and keep you always. I know it's been super easy for you to <laughs> just love me because, I mean... I make it look easy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you Welcome to another episode of To Have and To Hold. It is a blessing to be with you for yet another episode. And for today's Thanksgiving toast, hopefully you've got your favorite drink, whatever it may be, we are toasting to Holy Mother Church. And for the birth of the church, as we um, come to the to the climax of the Easter season to end with Pentecost, and uh, looking forward to all that the Holy Spirit has to say within our lives and God's divine plan for us. So here's a cheers toast to Holy Mother Church. So, always exciting when we talk about our faith and of course that within the context of marriage or family life. So today's episode is really an opportunity for us to offer Thanksgiving to our Catholic faith uh, as it relates to our journey and what it's done for us in our marriage and our family life. Because for those of you who do know a little bit about at least me, but definitely Nicole, Nicole is a convert to the faith and I'm a revert to the faith. So we definitely know life and marriage outside of the church Mm -hmm. without faith. Mm -hmm. And we definitely know life and marriage within the context of Holy Mother Church. Yes. And so we want to share um, those gifts with you, and hopefully it'll obviously bless your marriage and your family life as well. So, you know, when we think about the things that God has done through the church and faith, um, the first thing I can think about love is the gift of identity. Mm-hmm. That has been huge for me in my own um, rebirth, mm-hmm. if you will, and just knowing who I am as a man, mm-hmm. you know, as God, and we talked about this a little bit about knowing your role, about the um, who God made us to be as male and female. Mm-hmm. So in the context of authentic Catholic masculinity, that's been really huge for me, considering everything that I've been through and the conditioning and the exposure that I was relative to what the culture had to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, I guess, four specific roles as it relates to 
who I am I as a son mm -hmm. of the Father, who I am as a brother in Christ, um, who I am as a husband, and then also as a father to our own children, and obviously now as a grandfather. Mm -hmm. So it's just been really huge to be able to uh, rewrite what I was programmed to know mm. as masculinity and all those different roles. Mm -hmm. So that's really been like the I would say the first one I can that comes to mind is that is my identity. Yeah, I'd say that um, for me as well, being a convert to the faith and understanding my role and my dignity mm -hmm. as a human person. Mm -hmm. Has um, the church has really opened my eyes in terms of how God views me, how He created me, and I think be prior to my baptism and coming into the church, a lot of society will tell to tell me, and I bought into to some degree that my didn't dignity comes from my what I could produce, what I could do, my productivity. Like for instance, for maybe at, at work or. Um, in other relationships, and it's it's so it's important to for me to recognize that um, because I'm made in God's image and likeness that I already have, I'm I have an, a a dignity, mm -hmm. um, a worth, a value that needs to be upheld, mm -hmm. and so I think that that's that's really important, and um, I'm super thankful for that. And also, I would say number two, the thankfulness is really is having right relationship having a relationship with God and recognizing that all of my longings for truth and for beauty and um, goodness all comes from my deep longing for God who created me. Mm -hmm. And that only He can fulfill those, those deepest, those deep longings. Mm -hmm. And so rather than looking to man or um, money or status or anything like that, again, my dignity doesn't come for the, from those things. Mm -hmm. It's because of my who I'm created. I'm created in, um, out of love, for love, to love. Mm -hmm. And so with that said, then it makes my right relationship. So I'm first and foremost, we think about God, um, Jesus on the, on the cross mm -hmm. and what he demonstrates to us is... Um, Really, for me, I think about, again, if you think of the image of the cross, it's, it's ver vertical and horizontal. I need to get vertical first, meaning that I have to have a, a deep relationship with, with God. Mm -hmm. And it was through the church I fell in love with Jesus, particularly with um, adoration, Eucharistic adoration. It's mm -hmm. like spiritual radiation, right? And that was a game changer for me. Mm -hmm. And so I fell in love with Christ and it's from my love for Christ and certainly his love for me, but I was open to his love for me to extend now to out horizontally mm -hmm. to my spouse, as a wife, to my children, as a mother, and to my community as a sister in Christ. And so I think that's really changed my view in terms of relationship. Mm -hmm. And then I would say also what God demonstrates on the cross what love truly means. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, wow, so much there. You know, we talk about identity and relationship and things that came to mind is just to, to kind of, I guess, state it in a different way, is that our, our value, identity, purpose, and self-worth come from the mere fact that we are children of God. 
And for both of us, that was obviously a, a game-changing moment um, that we, it wasn't about so much what we can achieve and acquire. Right. It was more about that, that deep reality, that deep truth of that and everything flowed forth from there. Mm-hmm. And then I think about when you were talking about right relationship, of course, getting vertical before horizontal, I, I always go back to the, to the garden before the fall mm-hmm. and uh, what I like to call, you know, that original harmony and justice, right? The original four-part harmony. Uh, Adam knew who he was. Um, who God, you know, he knew who God was, he knew who he was before God, he knew who he was relative to Eve, and he knew who he was relative to all of creation. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're talking about, is that mm-hmm. that, that reordering um, and redemption of relationships. You know, mm-hmm. so much, especially when we've been people who experience a lot of broken relationships, so that has been huge as well. Now, moving on to another gift and the grace of, of being in the church <clears throat> from identity, to right relationship was also understanding mission. Mm. And I think one of the things that I hear often or get the questions that I guess get asked, the two biggest questions I get asked a lot in uh, traveling and and speaking is, you know, who am I and what's my purpose? Mm -hmm. Identity and mission are intrinsically tied to one another that you don't know your mission until you understand your identity and vice versa. And so I think for me, and we spoke about this again and know your role that that mission as man, the first charge of Adam was to serve, protect, and defend all that God entrusts to you as a steward, not as a master. So that was really big for me is to know my responsibility, you know, as the at Ephesians 5 love, mm-hmm. right, to, to serve, protect, and defend, and to die to myself. As you, you know, bringing up that crucifixion type love. Yes. That oftentimes we hear in our walk with other married couples and marriage preparation and even our own discernment and prayer is this concept that you know the struggles for married couples have been mostly around maybe communication Mm. finances things of that nature which i guess i don't want to trivialize that or say that they aren't but the bigger issue that we've talked about the bigger aha is the lack of understanding of sacrifice Mm Right, the fact that you lay down your life for one another mm-hmm. in this sacrament of service. And so my mission, therefore, is to serve, protect, and defend, of course, but then also to lay down my life so that I can present to you, present you back to God right. without spot or without blemish or any such thing, right? Mm-hmm. So to sanctify you and all my efforts. So my mission is essentially to, of course, for myself, get to heaven, but to lead you and our children and anybody else that God places in my path right. to heaven. Yeah. I think about mission. I think about those things too. In addition to that, I would say in the catechism teaches us that what is our, our purpose is to know, love, and serve God. Mm-hmm. And so I have to make sure that I am I'm doing that. And a lot of times I'm serving God through being, you know, of course, faithful in my, in my vocation mm-hmm. as, as wife, serving you, I'm serving God as mother, serving my children, I'm serving God. So I am doing that. In fact, marriage is an, is an act of service. We talked about that, the vocation of service, just like the priesthood. Mm-hmm. But what the church has shown me is that in order to live that well, I need to demonstrate self-sacrifice like Jesus on the cross, mm-hmm. like our priests wearing black to mm-hmm. signify they're dying to themselves in order to serve their people, mm-hmm. to serve us. And I'm super thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also I need to die to myself in order to love you. And that makes, I mean, it, prior to to us and in, in me coming into the church, love was always so superficial. Mm-hmm. It's based on, you know, a, a feel-good emotion. 
and really nothing more more than that. In fact, I think about even, you know, couples today that get together and I ask, you know, so what attracts you to that person? What is it about that person? And it's something about, well, he's nice. I hear things like, um, you know, that uh, he makes me happy. And I'm thinking, wow, so um, what about when he's not nice? What are you going to do? Or when he's not making you happy, then what? Because when you have two people coming together with different temperaments, different experiences, different baggage, and you come together and you're supposed to be unified forever, that's a, um, and you're just functioning on just those, those positive feelings, it's not going to go, it's going to be um, a rude awakening, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to be disillusioned, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think reality hits you um, shortly after the wedding day. Mm-hmm. And I know that for us, I mean, in both, it goes both ways, that there are times where it was very hard to love me, but you make a decision to do it anyway and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And out of respect for God, I'm going to continue to love you, mm-hmm. even though I may feel that you don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to continue to do this because that's what I'm called to do. It's really going outside of myself outside of the feelings and even that tension within me, I have to go, I have to move on beyond that. It's the act of the will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, moving from love as an emotion to love as a decision, right? That it is, you know, so many people, they prepare for the, the wedding day, but often fail to prepare for the marriage, mm-hmm. which is forever, like you said. And because it is, I mean, um, beyond that, you know, we, and we think about, you know, having a daughter recently married, uh, we have, you know, two sons who are engaged and, you know, trying to walk with them as well to see beyond all of the, really the stuff that does not matter once life hits you in mm-hmm. the face when reality is, is that we, we do have different temperaments, that we do come from different family experiences and family of origins. And, you know, I, like I've always said, just because I marry a, you know, a good woman doesn't make me a good man. I've got to be working on that. There's so many things. I know it's been super easy for you to <laughs> just love me because, I mean. I make it look easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you how she, anyways. But, but that's the reality of it all, mm-hmm. right, is that it, it becomes a sacrificial love a crucifixion type love that gives itself away completely for the sake of the other's sanctification. As we continue to talk about, I mean, I don't think there was one, you know, thread, if you will, that keeps this podcast together that we're trying to impart on all these people that are watching this is, is that very reality that, you know, if, if it's not God at the center of that marriage, mm-hmm. if you're not rooted in Christ mm-hmm. and in the sacraments of the church, you know, good luck because then it becomes self-reliance. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I both would agree that um, I don't want to try to love you as I think I mm-hmm. should love you. Mm-hmm. And nor do I want that, right? Right. Yeah. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. So I was just thinking about the fourth thing within be the gift of the sacraments. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you think about it, how we're called to love forever, for entire life, mm-hmm. this one person who is going to do things Again, for my sanctification, Mm -hmm. it's not always going to feel good. Mm -hmm. How can I do that? How can I love through that? How can I go beyond myself? I need the the grace of the sacrament. So I need the nourishment from the Eucharist. And I think about, oftentimes I think, okay, well, um, 
for people who are going to the church, as long as you receive the sacrament, you're good. Actually, you have to be in the right disposition to receive the sacraments for them to be efficacious. Mm -hmm. So I need to be in right relationship with God mm -hmm. before I could receive the sacraments. Mm -hmm. And then once I receive the sacraments, then you can see the, the fruits. And it has to be consistent. Mm -hmm. And I would say that I'm so grateful for all the different sacraments uh, that we can receive in, the, in our church, having daily mass, um, and then also reconciliation and what that has taught me in terms of forgiveness mm -hmm. and forgiving one another. Mm -hmm. And I think about even in the, the act of contrition, the last part, you know, you, you confess your sins. So there is, in order to confess my sins, then that means, I mean, I'm examining what's going on, mm -hmm. right, on a regular basis. The next part is to do penance. That doesn't always feel good. To do penance, but that's part of what we do. Is in the you know in Catholic language we offer it up, mm -hmm. right? And then to amend my life, which is ongoing conversion. It's just not that one time when I initially fell in love with Christ. No, I continually fall in love with Christ, and continually to be um, the person that God has created me to be, and so I can I can reach my full potential with the grace of God, and I can be the wife and mother that I'm designed to be. Yeah, you know, it, I think about um, hometown legend here, you know, Father Wade Menezes. Oh, yes. Uh -huh. um, Fathers of Mercy, you see him probably on EWTN, Crux of the Matter, mm -hmm. and uh, in one of his missions that he gave, remember that he was speaking specifically about whenever he's dealing with a, a married couple that is having issues, he starts to ask about prayer life and specifically which one of you is not in a state of grace. Yes. So when you talk about that disposition to be open to the graces of God through the sacraments, if one of us is not in a state of grace, I mean, think about this, y'all. We're in a one flesh union. Mm -hmm. and, and that is when you're living a sacramental marriage, meaning both of us are baptized, both of us are confirmed, and we're, we're experiencing the graces of the sacraments through this sacrament. Um, there's gonna if one of us is off kilter, you're gonna feel it. Yes. Right. Or you should feel it. Right. And I think that's the uh, the other side of it. Just to kind of highlight on what you were talking about there is that you know really if we're not in a if if something's going on mm -hmm. if there's contention in the home in the marriage, um, one of you's off kilter. Mm -hmm. You could probably question whether or not that person's walking the way they should be walking. Mm -hmm. And you know we've got to challenge all of you to to be able to to step into that in a way um, that you you grow in your own virtue and your own sanctification for the sake of the other. Um, so sacraments are absolutely important. Um, and I would say the next thing would be, uh, you know, when I think about the gift of the faith in our, in our married, married life was really this, this sense of peace. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean peace, meaning the absence of stress or anxiety or worries uh, that we have in our everyday life as far as providing or the next career move or, you know, the blessings of children, you know, it's really, it was more about the presence of God yes. in our life mm -hmm. and, and the abandonment of our will to his. Mm -hmm. Now we didn't get there day one. I know I didn't get there day one, but that journey has been just been a sense of peace where it's like, you know what, in the end, and you think about this time of pandemic in you know, our last episode was on our COVID con contemplations, right. And sharing with the, the listeners about that. But I think about, in the end, we know that Christ already won, mm -hmm. and we just have to, to keep the faith and finish the race. And so there's a sense of that to where, in the end, we're not going to be married necessarily in heaven. Mm -hmm. i got to make sure I get there and you get there with me, mm -hmm. right? And 
there's a sense of peace where I've got to give you back, mm-hmm. right? And that God grants us free will, but I don't know. I just, I just feel at peace that uh, I've got to do my part. And as long as I, that God loves you more than I do, God loves our children, our grandbaby more than I do. Mm-hmm. And I've got to just release that concern, that worry into his hands, into his holy will mm-hmm. for each of you. And so not having that before, it's like you're always trying to will it yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're both control freaks, so, or at least I'm a control freak um, to a large degree. So wanting to control that, wanting to do things a certain way um, has been a struggle for me. Um, not that it isn't a struggle today, but I just have that sense of peace now that we live our life according to the way the church and the way God has designed for marriage. Mm-hmm. When I think about the church is countercultural, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so you think about um, what you're describing is a peace because of what, I mean, of course, the, the Holy Spirit indwelling in us with, you know, in, in terms of our sacraments. It, confirmation is what I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have an advocate. Mm-hmm. We always have the Holy Spirit with us, you know, no matter what, in any trial situation, the Holy Spirit is there and we can always lean on the, on the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But I'm just thinking in terms of being counterculture, what does that mean? Well, the society tells you that we're really, I think, um, focused on independence, being self-reliant, yeah. and not to say that those are not good things. They are in and of itself, but we have to put them in this proper place. Mm-hmm. When we start to go inward and we start pushing people away and, and try to control things, you know, kind of white-knuckle or yeah, right, everything, mm-hmm. all this situation, I mean, that's, I think, is set as a... Um, on a, on a high standard in our society. Mm-hmm. What the church says is that no, that's about giving and, and mission and, and being the body of Christ, being united in communion and going out mm-hmm. of ourselves and serving others. Mm-hmm. Again, we're taught in our purpose, as I shared, to know, love, and serve God. That means I have to go out. Mm-hmm. And Christ shows us how that, that looks. And so really what happens is the sense of peace that we receive is not going inward in this sort of... Um, I'm just worried about me. It's actually going out, leaning in the Holy Spirit, serving other people. And we see that with the social sciences, all the research says that there's a lot of happiness that we get when we strive for serving others Mm -hmm. and having a prayer life and going out. Mm -hmm. And that when we go inward and we're just focused on ourselves, our status, our power, and things of that nature, um, what that leads to is more anxiety right? Loneliness, isolation, Mm -hmm. depression, things of that. So that you'll never get a sense of peace functioning at that level. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's been a great gift, I think, for us as well. You know, being able to, again, put things in their proper place. Yes. And, you know, for for two very ambitious uh, people who, who, you know, overcame a lot, but at the same time, those weren't what defined us. Those didn't give us peace necessarily mm-hmm. um, the way we experience it now with faith in, in our family life and marriage. Mm-hmm. That's right. And then the, I would say the last thing, not that there's many gifts to the church, but one thing that comes to mind that we didn't mention are the gift of the saints and mm-hmm. the role models. I'm super um, thankful for all the priests that have shepherded us and have helped us, especially you and I who, well, for me particularly, who didn't have um, faith background. Mm-hmm. So um, being having a spiritual father who is willing to guide me through um, 
all the different um, ideas that I had. I, you know, just um, <laughs> misconceptions. Um, anyway, so very patient with me and has taught me a lot and has walked with me, and I'm super grateful. And then also the saints. You know, I think about um, their saints that have been married and have been walking, trying to walk a life of holiness, which I strive to do in the ordinary day. Mm -hmm. So I think about, you know, the, um, if you look at a spectrum and to, you know, on the opposite sides, you've got really like St. Monica who had a really difficult marriage. I mean, her husband didn't convert till the, his deathbed. Right. And then he, also St. Augustine, right? But the, what's most important are not those issues. What's most important is she has a saint, you know, the ST in front of her name, right? That's and that's right. what I strive to have is that yeah. ST, right? right? And then you have St. Zelly and St. Louis and um, Louis and Zelly who were St. Teresa's parents, mm -hmm. right? Well, they had a beautiful marriage. And I think, you know, I think all the family was pretty much saints, right? <laughs> so, and, and you think, I mean, we're somewhere, we're just trying to be somewhere in between. Mm -hmm. But I, what I would like to do is strive to be like the Holy Family, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, you know, we're such, I think we're fortunate in our, in our faith to have Mama Mary as a role model and St. Joseph for mm -hmm. you. And um, while we're real far from it, we strive. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, thinking about the, the communion of saints and the role models, really for us, it, it was born into God's family. And just having that, like, you know, shout out to all our Catholic family out there. And that's both, you know, near and far um, in our own local parish community. But all the many brothers and sisters that we've met through different events and conferences and whatnot have just been a blessing. You know, you could call those people up mm -hmm. be, and they would, they would, you know, give you whatever you needed at that moment, right? There's no hesitation. Well, the, the thing is, is that in those types of friendships, in family members, I know that they will my good mm -hmm. and that they not only care about my physical and mental health and well-being, mm -hmm. but they care about my soul. That's right. More, most importantly, yes. right? So they're not going to mislead you. They're not going to go along to get along or tickle your ears. They're going to oh, tell wow. you what you need. Mm -hmm. I mean, and if they don't, um, you know, approach it that way, then they're really looking more towards themselves than they right. are towards God. And because the best kind of friendship, as we know from Aristotle, is one that's based on virtue, something that's outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. So, and that's obviously most important in, in the vocation of marriage, but just the Catholic family, mm -hmm. right? Our, our spiritual family that we've gained through coming into the church has been huge for us. Um, and, and I think it's one of those uh, many blessings, you know, we couldn't name them all um, in this segment, but just some key ones as we celebrate the birthday of Holy Mother Church, as we try to, you know, share with you the gift of the faith within marriage and family and relationships. You know, that we, we are so blessed and, and in this time of anxiety and uncertainty and really where we were stripped of our comforts, you know, count the blessing of God you know, sending his only begotten son to to reconcile us with him because it's it's been a, a, an amazing blessing. And I, and I believe that it's you want a miraculous marriage, put Christ at the center. Mm -hmm. You want you want healing and not to say that life will be without suffering or strife. But, you know, we got to strive to enter through the narrow gate. Mm -hmm. And uh, marriage is very much that. Right. I mean, we 
we joke and we get around, but ultimately Nicole's going to highlight the things I need to work on and I'm going to do the same thing by her, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm often reminded of how prideful I am and how impatient I can be mm-hmm. and how selfish I can be because I'm a broken individual. Mm-hmm. And marriage is going to lead you towards sanctification if you allow it to, to do that for you. Mm-hmm. So we just want to thank you for joining us on this episode of To Have and To Hold. We want to remind you to like, comment, subscribe. Let us know right, what you want us to talk about. Um, if there's anything that we can share with you as far as our experience is concerned. And again, um, we want to toast to Holy Mother Church. Don't take our faith for granted. Um, and once all this craziness you know, settles, let's, let's really uh, renew the church and our fervor and zeal and love for her. God bless you and we'll see you on the next episode.